Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. everybody. Thank you for joining me today for episode 47, how healing your past protects your children's future. This is a very, very important topic to me. <clears throat> um, you'll, you'll learn why this is such a heavy one for me. <laughs> um, generational trauma. This is how I'm going to start. Generational trauma occurs when parents unintentionally pass their trauma down to their children. In other words, when we experience traumatic events in our life, if we don't heal that, we will still be carrying the emotions, the unhealed emotions from that traumatic experience in our past. And it colors everything we do, how we see things in the world, how we respond to everyday situations, how we think all these things affect are affected by any unhealed emotions that we carry within us. And then when we become a parent, we start to parent from a place of brokenness instead of a place of wholeness. So to give you a little backstory about my, my, my most recent experience that I want to share with you, is that we had an amazing trip um, in California for Thanksgiving. We went to go visit my in-laws um, and it was beautiful. And my sister-in-law has been delving deep into her spiritual journey, which is a beautiful thing. It gives us more topics to talk about, which I just love. And she invited me to go and hang out with her um, at, actually it was for Friday. It was called uh, Shabbat. Shabbat is what the Jews or Hebrew or forgive me, um, I'm still learning um, what they refer to as um, honoring the Sabbath. It's one of the Ten Commandments that God has called all of his children, everybody that he's ever created, meaning anybody who's watching and listening um, to follow the Ten Commandments. And my husband and I were realizing that hmm, this is to honor the Sabbath, which is aka Shabbat. And we don't do that. So <laughs> I was invited to attend a, a Shabbat service with my sister-in-law and let's just say it was, okay, I'll tell you, when you walk in, you could tell you bring food, everybody brings a little something to share like a potluck and then there was tables, you know, your notepads, your books and there's a rabbi up front and so it's like an educational setup, right? <laughs> so we're there and I watch how a woman basically sat there and lit two candles and went like this to cover her eyes and said a blessing. And I'm over here. I already got questions. So after they did the blessing, they said, okay, you guys are welcome to go eat. So everybody went to go eat. And as I'm walking up there, I look at him and I say, um, I already have a question. And he's like, you know, so open to it, thankfully. 
And so I'm sitting there asking him, you know, why they did that. And I'll share with you what he told me was women are the ones who bring in the Shabbat because women are the ones who bring in children into this world. And he said, so when a woman lights the candles, what they're doing is they are bringing the light into the world, just like the children are the light of the world. And I thought, wow, that is so beautiful. I want to do that. And I had already had, you know, a curiosity, which has been growing into a hunger about learning more about uh, uh, the Shabbat and why we don't celebrate it. Why do humans not celebrate it? Why is it something that's not talked about a lot, you know, like why, why, why? So I wanted to ask all these questions and let's just say, as I sat there or I was standing there asking him a question and then my sister-in-law comes behind me and puts a chair behind me. So I sat there and I didn't leave for about two hours from that spot. <laughs> they were making fun of me because I basically took over the entire class. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I was just, I was just like, so ingrained in everything that he was saying. I had, it was like I had my own personal rabbi right in front of me. <laughs> and for those that want to know, he practices Messianic Judaism because I was really shocked to hear him speak about Jesus. He was referring to the New Testament. And I was like, hmm. So, you know, I asked the best way I could without offending him <laughs> what he was or what he practiced, if you will. And I got a lot of insight. So, um, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. And we came back home on December 1st, took a couple days off. So it was a really beautiful experience. And on Friday, we decided, you know what, let's bring in the Shabbat. We're going to celebrate Sabbath. But we didn't, we didn't do the candles like I wanted to, but we're going to do that this, um, this next opportunity. We're going to do that. But we, we knew for a fact that on Saturday, we weren't going to, we weren't going to do anything. We we're going to do anything work related. We were going to take this opportunity to rest and connect with God. Cause that's ultimately what I learned is that when you celebrate Sabbath, the Shabbat, it, what you're doing is spending the most sacred time with God. It's like, if you've ever had the opportunity or if you've ever wanted the opportunity to spend time with your earthly father to just be with him, have his undivided attention, uh, talk to him about all your, your issues, your problems, your wants, needs, desires, anything and everything, and then have them come to fruition. That's the way the rabbi described Shabbat to me. But it's not with your earthly father. It's with your heavenly father. And I was like, wow, that is so beautiful. Why wouldn't I want that? <laughs> I know for a fact God is real. Um, physical experiences will do that to you to let you know that you know God is real. And um, so that happened. And then on Saturday, the next morning, you know, my husband and I are preparing to, you know, wait, be lazy, sleep in, wake up and be with my family. But we weren't able to do that because I woke up to find out that my 15 year old son was missing. That is every parent's worst nightmare. When you don't know where your child is, you don't know who they're with, you don't know if they're alive or dead. And my son did not have a phone with him at this time. I wasn't upset at first. And I was like, oh, okay, my little ones went to go wake up their brother. He wasn't there. Oh, he's probably around the house and got up, what have you. My husband starts calling him. I called him. Nothing. 
then uh, my husband starts walking through the house and I'm following him walking through the house. And I'm like, okay, where, 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 where the heck is Ashton? Cause I want to make sure I told him, Hey, you can't, can't scare us like that. You know, you let us know, you know, where you're at. And, um, we couldn't find him, went through the entire house and we couldn't find him. I think I was still in shock by this time. Like it had fully hit me. It didn't hit me. What was going on? I thought maybe he's, his bike was missing, his bicycle. So I thought, okay, maybe he's, he decided to go take a joy ride and, and ride around outside. He's going to come back. Like, no big deal. That's, those were, those were my thoughts. Then my husband took off in the car. He didn't hesitate. He just, he got his keys and he got in the car and he decided to go start driving around looking for her son. And then I started to get nervous and the nervousness and the fear started to rise up in me and it started to become so overwhelming. I did the only thing that I know how to do. And that was to lean on God. This is what I've learned in my healing journey. My spiritual journey is lean on God. So I did, I literally got on my hands and knees and I sang that song aloud. Uh, I forget the name of it, but the lyrics are saying to God, how I need you now. And I sang that song and I just kept praying over and over. Thank you, God, for keeping my son safe. That's all I cared about. All I cared about was just I wanted my son safe. And I know how the enemy works trying to give me all these thoughts and ideas of seeing bad things happening to my son. And I did everything within my power to push them out of my mind because you got to remember our minds are so powerful. Whatever you're believing in here, you can bring to fruition. And that was the last thing I wanted to do. So I kept kicking those things out. I thank God for keeping, you know, my mind in check to um, always thinking positively. I was being grateful for angels protecting my son. I mean, I leaned in hard and, you know, hours and hours are going by and I'm, I'm, my phone happened to be messed up too. It wasn't working right because I had recently broken it on our, in our trip in California. So I had a hard time contacting people. I, I contacted people I could. I was asking them if they knew where my son was and they'd heard from him. And then my my husband had been calling me sporadically, you know, giving me thoughts, ideas, asking me questions, check on things. And I'm so nervous, like I'm shaking, like I'm trying so hard to like keep the faith, keep the faith. Like, because if I didn't, I'm telling you, I would have lost it. I would have completely, completely lost it. I would have been going berserk. And mind you, I had my two little ones with me. So they're watching me. Like I'm, I'm walking around, I'm like cleaning, just trying to do anything I can to keep myself occupied and busy. And I mean, I, I literally grabbed a rag and I'm like on the floor and I'm like wiping the, the baseboards, like, and I'm just repeating, thank you God for keeping my son safe and bringing him home. Thank you God. Thank you God. And I'm just like, like, I probably look like a basket case, you know what I mean? I can only imagine what my little ones were thinking at that time. And then my husband calls me and he tells me, check his room to see if there's any notes. I don't know why we didn't think about doing that before. This has never happened to us. We've never had this experience before. So I go to my son's room. Sure enough, there was a note on his dry erase board. And the part that hit me the most was when he said, Now I won't be such a disappointment to you. Uh, 
that's when it hit me. <laughs> because my son said, he said that he ran away. And to just think that my son ever had an inkling that he was a disappointment to me kills me as a mom. I drop to my knees and I just, and my husband's on the phone. He's like, what, what, what? And I read it to him and I just, I just was, I just bawled like a baby because I was just like, why, why did my son do this? Why, why, why? I just didn't understand why, 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 why did this happen? Why is this happening? What in the world is going on? I just, I just didn't understand it. I just didn't understand it. Now, I want to share with you about my journey so you guys can like get a little bit more understanding. Those of you that don't know, I have overcome a life of mental, physical, sexual abuse, which led to substance abuse, um, self-harm. I mean, all the things. And I've been on a healing journey. And that's what my book, Unlocking Your Ability to Heal, is all about. My whole entire life story, my whole life and how I lived it and my healing journey and how I started pulling myself out of it. One of the things that I remember doing is vowing to be the best mother that I could be for my future children. And that included Ashton. But as a new mom, when I got pregnant with Ashton, I was still full of trauma. I hadn't healed. I didn't know I needed to heal. I didn't know there was a such thing as healing. There were so many things I just didn't know that I needed to know. You know, had I been brought up, you know, with, um, proper parenting, I wouldn't need to know about those things. But I didn't know. So as a new mom, I still made mistakes with my son. You know, after, you know, when I knew I was pregnant, I stopped cold turkey, smoking, drinking the whole nine yards. But then after I, I was pregnant with him, I would have my bouts of drinking, you know, when my mom would have him overnight or different things like that. Uh, when I would get angry, I was like violent with my discipline. I was yelling. Um, I would throw things out of anger. Um, my Ashton also witnessed the toxic relationship between me and my boyfriend, who is now my husband. And we now have a godly relationship instead of a toxic relationship. And we literally went through hell and back. And all of those things had a ne negative impact on my child. Going through my healing journey and it, learning everything that I have, I knew that the past had to have had some effect on my son. I've talked to him. We've asked him. And I even picked up on the fact that something was going on inside of him. But I thought I was doing right. You know, I, we had open communication, but I started noticing how my son wouldn't open up as much. Uh, we taught him about God as we're learning. We're pouring all, pouring all of our new knowledge into him, uh, bonding, guiding him, um, making sure he's top notch in his education, making sure he's in karate, he knows how to protect himself. He's strong. He eats healthy. Um, encouraging him to have the power of his voice, because I, these are all things that I didn't necessarily grow up with as a child. So I wanted to be a good mom and give these things to my child. And, you know, even though I made those mistakes, I also knew the importance of apologizing to my son and asking him for forgiveness for my mistakes. And, you know, as kids, what do they say? They're like, it's okay. And I would make sure I would tell him, no, Bubba, it's not. It's not okay. 
you know, how I acted and the, the way I perceived the world, the way I spoke, the things I did, that was not okay. That is, those are the actions of somebody that is riddled with trauma. I just didn't know any better. And I told him that I'm sorry for what I did and, and, and how I, the kind of mother I was. And, and, and even though I was making right choices over here, I was still making wrong ones because I just simply did not know any better. And I had to learn how to forgive myself for those things. Because if you don't have that self-forgiveness, it will tear you up inside. It's not an opinion. That is a fact. Um, when I had a discussion with my son, I, that's when I recognized that my own son had unforgiveness in his heart towards me from the past. And I was like, okay. So as embarrassing as it was, I brought it up to my son's youth pastor. Um, and you know, now I know that they were in the, you know, planning things to talk to him, to talk to us, to work things out, but it was already too late. My son had already ran away. What I learned from this whole thing was about spiritual discernment, learning more and more about how important it is to understand the thoughts that are going on in your mind. Because my son took off at four o'clock in the morning and he, cause he knew my, my husband would get up early. So he wanted to beat him. There were so many things he contemplated and planned and it was mind boggling to me how he put so much thought and effort into this. Um, it, it, to be honest, it freaked me out. Um, then come to find out he was basically telling people that he, he left and he wasn't safe at home. It wasn't safe. He was basically making it out to seem as if he was being beaten on a daily basis and our home life was unsafe and that they needed to call the police and they needed to do all these things. And I was just like, what? So we were like, what are you talking about? Like, give us an example. Like, what are you talking about? And he would bring up, you know, um, memories of his past, like, um, and he would use this terminology. He said, you guys force fed me. And um, I know what he's talking about. We would make him sit at the table till he finished all his food. Why did we do that? Because that's how we were raised. That right there is an example of generational trauma. I made a choice in parenting my child to tell him that he has to sit down and finish all his food. But why did I do that? Not because... I thought, hmm, how do I want to address the situation? How do I want to, you know, I never had those thoughts because I didn't know I needed to have those thoughts. I just did what came naturally to me. And what came naturally to me is how I was parented. So if you're a parent, I encourage you to think about that. Just take a moment and think about it. The way that you parent your children is the same way that your parents parented you. When I learned that, I decided to comb through my life and change my ways. But as you can see, it still had a, a negative effect on my son. I didn't reach it soon enough. And I could go back and forth about, oh, I should have done this, all these things. But you know what? There's that saying that things happen for a reason. But then again, when you know who's in charge, when you know who's in charge, and when you know that the enemy does anything and everything he can to seek, kill, and destroy, 
you learn that how the enemy attacks the closer you get to God. And that's what's been happening to us. That's why I shared with you about how we had decided to follow the Ten Commandments, which includes celebrating the day of Sabbath of rest and being with God, getting closer to him. And then the next day, my son runs away. Learning that he, my husband and I were having issues. We were bumping heads. We've both been baptized. We've been growing closer in our faith. And so the fights and all the things that used to happen between us aren't happening anymore. Those attacks on our marriage haven't been happening anymore. And it's almost as if the enemy started attacking us where it would hurt our child. So it's almost like holding on to generational trauma inside of you is almost like giving the enemy an opportunity to hurt your children. And I say that from my recent experience. I didn't know. I knew, I figured things out. I just figured it out a little too late. And I want, I don't want you guys out there to make the same mistake. If you have any unhealed trauma from your past, whether you like to hear it or not, I'm sorry to say it will have a negative impact on your children. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be out in the open. If your child is not opening up to you for whatever reason, I believe the enemy was preventing him from opening up and speaking and talking because he was making him think that we were the enemy. We're the ones that brought him into this world. We're the ones that love him and protect him and take him to karate and buy him organic food and care about his wants, needs, and desires, <laughs> you know? But my son did learn. He learned after the fact. And I'm so grateful for Awaken Church. If you haven't, if you live in Utah, I encourage you to attend Awaken Church. If you're in California, I encourage you to attend Awaken Church because the Spirit of God is alive in there. And there's a couple people there that I reached out to, found my son. They talked to him, learned that my son was telling them all these bad things about our home life. They did the proper precautions. They eventually brought him home. And we started learning that um, they prayed with my son and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, a decision that he made on his own, which I'm so grateful for. And my son felt it. He used to doubt God. He was having doubts about God. But now he doesn't because he experienced him for himself. And looking back, I've been talking to him every day. I talk to him to because I'm still processing. And he realized how all those thoughts that he had, those old memories were from the past. That's a trick of the enemy. He'll bring up unhealed things from the past and bring it to surface as if it's currently happening in that moment. And that's what Ashton was thinking. Therefore, that's how he was feeling. He felt as if those feelings and those incidences and everything from the past were happening in the current moment and they weren't. So he was feeling all this negativity. He was feeling all this depression. He was feeling all this stuff. And had we worked through it together, he could have been, he could have released that. So if you notice that with your own children and they're not opening up to you, I encourage you to bring in another person that they trust, bring in other people, find someone else. Don't wait for your son to take it into his their own hands or your, your your daughter, whomever. Don't wait for your children 
to, you know, take matters into their own hands and, and make a stupid decision. That's when children go out there and start doing drugs. They run away. They sneak out at night. They do things like that. I snuck out at night. I did things, but I was already full of a lot of trauma by the age of 14. Um, I'm grateful that my son has not experienced an eighth of what I have in my past. And I'm grateful for that. But nonetheless, he still experienced trauma. And it was enough to affect him enough to want to run away, to truly believe that his parents did not have his best interest at heart. And our children need better. They deserve better. The old Tiffany would have beat herself up. I would have beat myself up. I would have given up on everything. And I admit those thoughts were there. Those thoughts were trying to creep in. Like the enemy was trying to just torment me and just do all these things. But then I started thinking, what's going to happen if I make a choice to give up on everything? What came up for me was that those women that are out there, those hopeful moms that are holding on to that shred of hope that some way, somehow that there's a better way to live. There's a better life out there that doesn't have all this pain and depression, anxiety. There is a better way to live. There is a better life out there. And they just have that hope. Those women wouldn't be able to hear my stories. Those women wouldn't be able to hear the tools and tips that I have to share. They wouldn't learn about my book. They wouldn't learn about how I can help you heal. They wouldn't know about that. So they would be left out there alone, struggling. How is that helping? That's not. I can't live with that. That's why I do the work that I do. Because I know what it's like to be a mom full of trauma. And thinking that you're doing the best you can. And then come to find out later, <laughs> I've been making mistakes. And I we need to be more... We need to communicate more with our kids. If you don't know what your kid thinks on a daily basis, I encourage you to start that process. Take them out on something that, fun that they want to do. Go get a coffee with them. Go get an ice cream. Go get this. Go get that. And just give them those opportunities to talk. Never force them. But give them more of those opportunities to talk and open up to you. And if you feel like you need help talking with your child and with yourself, I'm always here for you. Um, there's so many people that are out there in this world that, that are willing to help you. And I'm one of them. Ask your church, ask your family members, somebody that your child trusts, make sure that your children always have somebody that they can trust that way they can go to them. And that way they can learn about what to do, you know, with these thoughts that they have. Because if your children have experienced any type of trauma in their past and it hasn't been dealt with, it is affecting them right now. And trauma doesn't necessarily mean it has to be something crazy. Like, I feel like people don't understand truly what trauma is. Trauma is basically anything that can affect you in a negative way. It can be making my son sit at the table till he finishes eating his food. It can be yelling at your children. It could be throwing things when you get angry. It could be hearing you and your husband screaming and yelling. That's all traumatic for a child. Children are not meant to be raised in an environment like that. Children are meant to be nurtured, to be praised, to be coddled and loved. And people have a misconception. They think that if they love on their children too much, that they're going to grow up to be a wuss or this or that. It's silly things that I've heard. 
Now I want to tell you, out of my three sons, my my third one, I breastfed him for three and a half years. And if you're making a face right now, I get it because that was me. <laughs> I thought it was like, what? That's gross. That's stupid. What the heck? And then I started educating myself. And now I, I, I get it now. So if you're if you don't know about that, I encourage you as a parent, do your due diligence and learn about that. But what I noticed about my three and a half year old, he is the most independent child ever. <laughs> he's five years old now and he's struggling putting on his little shirt and we're like, hey, do you want some help? No, it's okay. I could do it. No, it's okay. I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. I know. I know already. I could do it <laughs> because he's so independent. You know why? Because he got all the nurturing, he got all the everything that he needed for as long as he needed. And now he's ready to branch off in the world, you know, well, not yet, you know, he's still getting there. He's not leaving the nest just yet, but he's such an independent soul. So the beauty, the beauty, the beauty of this whole thing was that my son was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I know that this is going to be a testimony for him. If the enemy wanted to push me away from getting closer to God, all he did was push my family that much closer. What I hope you take away from this is how important it is for you as a mother, a father, a caregiver. If you have a child that you are raising and you have any unhealed wounds from your past inside you still to this day, I can promise you that they are having a negative effect on the children that you are raising. It's not an opinion. It is a fact. And there's too much evidence out there that shows that. The best thing that you can do is to heal your past to protect your children's future. That's what this episode is about. And it was really hard for me to come on here to share how embarrassing it is that I'm over here doing everything with my power to be the best mom I can be. And my son ran away, but I knew I needed to share this because I don't want your children to run away from home because they feel they don't have any help. They they're screaming inside and no one's hearing them. I don't want that to happen to you or your child. I'm grateful. Mine came back home. Some kids don't, don't let that be your child. Start talking to them. Be there for them. And if you want any help whatsoever with learning how to break the chains of generational trauma so that way you can give your children the best by being the best, then I strongly encourage you to, um, you're welcome to set up a complimentary call with me uh, just by visiting tiffanypatlin.com and we can connect like this on a Zoom call and, you know, we can, I'm just here for you. I'm here to offer solutions, anything that you need to help you with whatever it is that you are struggling with, whether it's simply parenting your children, whether it's your own trauma that you have and that you're just ready to get rid of, whatever that looks like for you, just know that it takes a very brave person to stand up. It can be scary, but I promise you, life is much brighter on the other side and healing your past truly protects your children's future. I wish you so much love and light and have a great rest of your week. Sending so much love and light to you all. Thanks. Bye.